0: welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where we ponder life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. Welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we are going to look at the Mosaic covenant. This one is not for the entire human race. God chooses not just one person that finds grace in his eyes, but an entire nation that will be born to be his particular people, which is made by God through Moses with the people of Israel. To recap, we left two sides of a split family heading in different directions. God tells of the history account of the family side of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, now the generations, the blessed nation that God has made and we follow into slavery, into Egypt. Slavery? What kind of a blessing is that, you say? There was supposed to be land, a name, and all the families of the earth were to be blessed through Abraham. Had God changed his mind? No, no. Let's just keep reading. After Abraham's son, Jacob led the family into Egypt. Jacob's 11th son, Joseph, was sold into slavery by his brothers, no less, and ended up as a second-in-command in Egypt. Don't ever try to get away with this at home, kids, because God knows and sees all. So the pharaoh, like the kings of Egypt, invited Joseph's large family to come live in Egypt with him during this time of famine. Yikes, again? What kind of a blessing is that? Well, it takes time to bake brownies. You have to first make a list, check it twice, go shopping, sometimes to several different stores to find all the ingredients and then bring them all home. Wipe it all down with Lysol because of COVID and let it dry on the counter before using it. By that time, you're too tired and it's time to make dinner anyway. Oh, so some days later, the ingredients are all measured out on the counter and it's time to put them together. But the grandchildren come over to play and help, so they are in the sink washing their hands a lot. We then put together the ingredients and pour the batter into the pans that the children finally agreed on, and then we place the pans into the oven to bake them. We pull them out, let them cool enough to frost because, well, there are some in the family who do not like brownies without frosting. Eventually, we have a finished product. Why did I share about a batch of brownies, and what does that have to do with Abraham's family in Egypt? well i'm glad you asked it's actually all related to racism what racism yes racism you see abram's descendants went into egypt and were protected from a famine the family may have numbered around 70 to 100 at this time So not only did God place the family in a safe place to ride out the famine, but also a very racist culture to protect the family. Stay with me here. When my family immigrated from Germany to America back in the late 50s, the 1950s, they came because America offered them a better place to raise a family. Both of the parents who raised me lived through war on their land and wanted better for their children. They came to a country where Germans, Ethiopians, Italians, Yugoslavians, Mexicans, Spanish, and English could gather. Not just in a new country, but in the same kitchen, week after week, to discuss what today is off limits. As children, we heard discussions about religion, politics, history, and more. Our country was a great melting pot of all peoples, which made for a beautiful blend of Americans. Oh, I was taught the German language and passed it on to our children as well, as teaching it to other homeschoolers, and even the grandchildren are learning German along with other foreign languages. With each new generation, we have stepped away from the strong German customs we have known and made them our own. We intermarried with other nationalities, and we proudly became Americans with a German heritage. You see, God used the racist Egyptians to grow the Hebrew family into a Hebrew nation, just as God had promised. The family lineage from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob... After time in Egypt under the protection of God and Joseph, one of Jacob's sons, who was the second in command under Pharaoh, the family survived and prospered during years of leanness in the land. Well, eventually Joseph died and the Pharaoh who trusted Joseph died and along with those deaths, the connection of the Hebrew family to the racist Pharaohs who thought they were better than any other race. The Egyptians woke up one day and realized that these Hebrews were quite the growing nation within their borders and placed them into slavery. All this came to a head when Moses, a Hebrew who grew up in the courts of the Pharaoh, realized his calling was to lead his people out of Egypt under God's leading no longer a large family, but a large quantity of people that brought wealth and ease to the Egyptians, Pharaoh was unwilling to let the people go. In fact, Pharaoh hardened his own heart towards Moses' request to let the Hebrews go, to God's request to let the people go. So many times, God finally hardened Pharaoh's heart and let him have his own way. And in a roundabout way, had Pharaoh choose how it was to be done, which was by the death of the firstborn in all the households. Now this was no laughing matter and a very sad day in the history of mankind. Ah, But God made a way out again. Again, God gave instructions to all those who would believe in him to put animals' blood over the doorposts And all who were inside those homes would be spared, including the firstborns. Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he did not believe God. And his very own firstborn died that night, when the angel of death passed over the homes marked with a sacrificial blood. This was the last of the plagues on Egypt while the Hebrews were slaves. It was the last straw and Pharaoh sent them all away and told them to take whatever they wanted as payment. Well, the Hebrews left with jewels and cattle, sheep and goats and their children and made a great exodus from the land. Moses led the people out, but they were trapped in front of the waters while Pharaoh's warriors were traveling quickly to once again enslave them because Pharaoh changed his mind and hardened his heart once more. After Moses prayed and asked God what to do, God made a way for the great number of Hebrews to escape, through the waters. God parted the river and the Hebrews made it through the parted walls of water and sea life on either side, made it to the other side when the walls of water came crashing down on the Egyptian warriors, and it drowned them all. The ingredients are now put together. The portions are correct. The heat has been turned on for just the right amount of time, and we have brownies, or should I say we have a family that has grown into a nation on their way to be with their God. From Abraham to Isaac. To Jacob, now called Israel. It was three months before the children of Israel had traveled from Egypt into the wilderness at Mount Sinai. It was here, at the base of the mountain, that God would call Moses to speak with him, to give a message to the house of Jacob. God tells Moses, Tell the house of Jacob, the children of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I delivered you and brought you to myself. So, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be my peculiar treasure, my treasured possession above all the other peoples of the earth. You will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." At this point, I need to mention that God tells Moses not to tell the people of Abraham, known as a great man of God to the Jews, and not to the God of Isaac, a good man of God. No, he said, tell them I speak to the people of Israel, also known as Jacob, the deceiver. But let's not bring up the past now. Before the mountain stands an immature people that God had travel three months to get to this spot to mature them, to give them the law, to share his heart with them, to make them into a nation of priests that would be different, set apart from the other peoples of the earth. As I record this, I see the clouds swirling and turning darker shades of gray and green and blue outside my window with a splash of setting sun off in the distance. I hear there is a major storm heading our way, and I think of the people of Israel as they answered God and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses reported those words back to the Lord. God came before the people as a thick cloud, after they consecrated themselves and washed their garments. God came to them with thunder and lightning and a very loud trumpet blast in this thick cloud. And all the people trembled, and then Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke as God descended, and the mountain trembled, and the sound of the trumpet grew even louder. Can you imagine this scene? I can, as it seems to be arranging right outside my window. Imagine a recent hurricane with thunders and lightnings and loud noises and the voice of God. God begins to give them what we now know as the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. As the people of Israel experienced the thunder and the flames of light and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood far away from the mountain. They also told Moses, um, Moses, why don't you go speak for us and we will listen, but don't let God speak to us because we might die of fright. Well, Moses told the people, don't be afraid, for God has come to test you so that you may fear him, so that you don't sin. But the people still stood back at a distance. So Moses approached the thick cloud by himself. God proceeds to give Moses laws for the people. The Old Testament and this Mosaic Covenant shows us the law as well as the heart of God. Do you remember when we spent time together looking at the life of Adam and Eve in the garden? They only had one law, one restriction placed on them. Don't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mankind couldn't even handle keeping that one straight. So here with Moses, God lays it all out. It is just amazing how God can keep all of our lives and choices straight. We are told that God knows how many hairs there are on our heads. I guess those with no hair make this a little easier on him. (laughs) Anyway, during the time the Hebrews were in slavery in Egypt, eventually Joseph and all his brothers died, and the new Pharaoh had a large nation on his hands that he wanted to control. So he called the midwives to himself and told them that when they deliver the babies of the Hebrews, if it is a girl, then let her live. If it's a boy, kill him. However, the midwives feared God more than Pharaoh and let all the babies live. Pharaoh decided to lower the population one more time and commanded his people to throw all the Hebrew boys into the Nile River. Once again, God steps in and protects a little Hebrew boy that was placed in the river, and he ended up being raised by Pharaoh's daughter. Oh, the irony of it all. You can read the whole story in Exodus chapter 2. But for our story today, Moses is a grown man that God has forgiven and called to serve the Almighty by leading the people of Israel out of slavery. Moses, a man who thinks he can do nothing, was hiding in the wilderness, helped water some sheep, and was invited to dinner, and ended up with a wife. That's the Reader's Digest version. Moses answers God's call to deliver the people, a people that complained about everything. It's always lonely at the top for leaders. Complaining doesn't help the situation, it only makes their job more difficult. Next time we're tempted to complain, perhaps we will remember Moses, this reluctant leader, and pray for our leaders instead. Back to God laying it all out. God gave the Ten Commandments, which the people broke before Moses even comes down off the mountain, So Moses breaks the stones with the Ten Commandments written on them, symbolically showing Israel that they had broken them. Moses was up and down the mountain eight times. The figure eight is a symbol of eternity. Even though the Israelites broke God's heart, he will forever keep his covenant with them and be their God. Instead of a time of nearness to the Lord in the wilderness at Mount Sinai and coming to know God's ways and learning the ways of being priests in God's kingdom, the children of Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years, until all but two of that generation died off. During this time, Moses was Israel's leader, prophet, and mediator, Moses was the only one in Israel's history to hold a position of prophet, priest, and king, which makes Moses a foreshadow of Jesus. The Mosaic Covenant is a conditional covenant, which meant both sides, God and the people of Israel, are responsible for keeping the requirements, which are as follows. The requirements of the covenant are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The sign of the covenant is to keep the Sabbath as a day of rest from all work. The blessings of the covenant are that Israel would be a special treasure to the Lord that Israel would be a kingdom of priests for the Lord, that Israel would be a holy nation for the Lord. So God says, Keep my commandments so you will be strong and courageous and go in to possess the land that I will give you, and that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord God promised to your ancestors by an oath to your descendants a land flowing with milk and honey. This covenant was made to prepare Israel for the coming of Jesus Christ. It would point to a need for a Savior. This covenant is usually referred to as the law. Spiritually, it was a covenant of works and therefore conditional and impossible to keep. And this covenant ended with the death of Jesus. After Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights up on Mount Sinai with God, he gave Moses a pattern for a tabernacle to be built. This tabernacle was a model of heaven on earth that would give Israel access to him. It was a temporary, movable tabernacle that the Israelites moved as they followed God. God led the people through the wilderness by a pillar of fire by night, and a cloud during the day. It was used by the priests, the tribe of Levi, for sacrifices. The sons of Jacob, the tribes of Israel, set up camp surrounding the tabernacle. It was here that the tribes learned to follow after God and remember his faithfulness to them and their parents' rebellion and the judgment of wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. As we take a quick walk through the Pentateuch, Gesundheit, no, no, I said Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, we can see the plans of God from a Reader's Digest view. In Genesis, we see that God creates humanity who rebels and chooses Abraham to bless all the nations through his family, who ends up in slavery in Egypt. In Exodus, we see that God rescues the Israelites in a mass exodus from Egypt. In Leviticus, God makes another covenant with Moses and Israel on Mount Sinai. The Lord gives Moses the Ten Commandments, rituals and customs, social law and morality to show the world what God is like, what his heart is like. They are to live and to be different than the world as a set-apart people to God. But, of course, the people sin. Before Moses even comes down off the mountain with God, the people have made a golden calf out of gold and worship it instead of God. So God gives more laws. And you guessed it, the people sin again. So God gives even more laws. God gives the regulations on sacrifices and offerings. He consecrates the priests. He talks about the clean and the unclean, and purification is described. The Day of Atonement is enacted, along with ritual laws, blessings and cursings, and more regulations. Then we get to the Book of Numbers, and it recounts their time in the wilderness, which is when Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, historical record of Israel. Yeah. I guess the song was right. Moses did just sit around and write the Bible. And then there's Deuteronomy. Here we see that Moses gives the Israelites a speech. Basically, at this point, Don't you get it? Your heart is so hard, Israel. You need a new heart. And as the Bible continues, as Joshua and Judges, Samuel and Kings continue, it proves Moses right. The people go into the promised land and break all the laws once more. Moses was right and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah, plus 12 more minor prophets reflect on the story of Israel. Ezekiel states that if Israel was ever going to obey the law, then God's Holy Spirit would have to transform their hard hearts into soft hearts. Jeremiah states that if their hearts were softened, then it wouldn't feel like a duty to be obedient to God, but God's laws would be written right on their hearts. Isaiah promised a future leader, a Messiah, who would lead the people in obedience to the law. And God is faithful. And God is good. God is trustworthy. God is merciful. God is full of grace. God keeps his word even when mankind doesn't. Eventually Moses leads the people out of Israel to the promised land but because of his disobedience at times Moses sees the promised land but did not get to set foot onto it. It was Jacob and Caleb that led the people. There was a Messiah coming for Israel, but not yet. For now, we have a people that have been taught by God himself. It wasn't just one man, Adam, or one family, as in the case of Noah. It was an entire nation. And by this example, those of us that are living today have been taught and see a glimpse of what heaven is like. Let's take a peek behind the curtain, behind the veil, just for a little bit here. Travel back in time to eternity past with me, where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were, are, and always will be, to the very throne of God. Here God created angels and the earth, the sun, moon, stars, and man was created in their image. A time when God had you and I on his heart before the thoughts of his heart were the written word. God said, and let them make a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. In the Old Testament, God made a way for mankind to look forward in faith to the redemption of their sins by the sacrificing of an animal. Blood needed to be shed in order to cover sin. However, these animals were not perfect sacrifices. God gave Moses instructions on how to make a tabernacle where God would dwell and be among his people. In Exodus chapter 26, we see a description of this tabernacle. Curtains covering the tabernacle were made of black goat's hair. These curtains were covered with ram skin that were dyed red. There was an outer court and an inner court, and these courts were separated by a white linen veil six inches thick, embroidered with cherubims in blue, purple, and scarlet. Inside was the Holy of Holies, the place where God dwelt. Inside the tabernacle, the mercy seat covered the Ark of the Covenant. This Ark represented the law covered by mercy. Only the high priest was allowed in the Holy of Holies one day out of the year on the Day of Atonement to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat and would offer the animal sacrifices of the people to God. If the high priest entered the Holy of Holies with sin in his heart, he would fall down dead and the others would pull him out by a rope that had been tied to his ankle. It was not until the spotless lamb that God made a way for mankind to be cleansed of our sin through one man, Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for listening to Moments with Moni. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please share it with a friend and subscribe by sending the phrase, subscribe to Moni's Tribe, along with your email address, to the number one. 1- That's subscribe to Moni's Tribe along with your email address to the number 1-703-951-3077. You'll find this information in the show notes. Thanks for listening.